Generally Speaking About the Church, episode number 41. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is D.G. Hollums. And today, we're all about being controversial, I think. Yes, definitely. I think we're going to talk about homosexuality, the whole topic of judging others, and I've got a little rant where I might do a little judging myself. Ooh. Yeah. So, DG, I want to start things off um, with an audio clip of a podcast that I listen to or that I have recently unsubscribed from. Unsubscribed from? I have unsubscribed from. And um, so this is a podcast that received an actual response from you. What do you mean? Like, you know, like the ultimate goal of a podcast is that you actually get people responding. Yes. So you actually gave this podcast a response by saying it deleted. Yes. The thing is, is it's not something that I listen to all the time, but it is something that I I had enjoyed. I've gone. Have you ever heard of Catalyst? I have. I have not ever been to the conference, though, but I Mm -hmm. have. Yes. And I actually know several people that really love going to it. Yeah, in fact, if you want to, you can go to CatalystSpace.com, CatalystSpace.com, or CatalystConference.com, and you'll see that this is a huge, gigantic organization, a big uh, conference, and the designed goal, the desired goal of this conference is to reach out to the next generation of leaders in the church. Okay. Okay. Think about that. We're talking now. We're talking. Are, are you familiar with the names Erwin McManus? Yes. Andy Stanley. Uh huh. John Maxwell. That's, that's where it happens. Is Andy Stanley's church? Well, it's outside of his church. Right. Right. But but it, it, Alpharetta, Georgia, absolutely. Right. So, um, uh, John Maxwell. I mean, uh, they've had huge, huge names of just Christian leaders today who are helping to give principles and values and then they're always consistently talking about what's on the what is the next thing what is the next step the church needs to take to enter into and to be relevant in this world okay and i loved it i i've been to catalyst uh two or three times and absolutely fell in love with everything that was going on in that event all the things that were being said and shared it was just it was an inspiring encouraging a conference to go to and and just really fired you up with just new and innovative ideas. Cool. Okay. Matter of fact, this is where my life had changed as a Christian as a result of hearing Donald Miller speak about. Oh, okay. Um, that the, was at the Catalyst conference. That was at to. the Con- Catalyst conference. Okay. It was that whole understanding of 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 building and in, into relationships with people, even though you 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 they may never come to grips to where they. Um, just to, or validate your own beliefs. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, just to build friends, just to love them, because that's what God wants us to do: is to love people, and and so um, that's what the that's what Catalyst is all about. Well, I was really excited back in the day. I mean, this is a long time ago. Catalyst started a podcast. Okay. Okay. And, cool. I, and it's like, wow, this is awesome. They, and they jumped on board very, they jumped on board about a year or a year and a half ago. Okay. And so they were like, wow, this is really cool. They are really living this stuff out. They're out there. They're talking about this. They're bringing it in conversation. It's not just putting the conference speakers out on a podcast. They're really talking. Right. 
However, now with the understanding that this is what is the next step the church needs to be looking out for, with that mentality, with that understanding of what Catalyst is all about, okay. I want you to st- take a listen to the two people who are leading the Catalyst podcast and what they recently said. Do you know what their names Chips are? Um, I think their names come up here. Okay, okay. All right. Chips and salsa last night was quite productive. Yeah, that you and I. And by the way, another part of our discussion last yeah. e- in last evening yeah. uh, was around the whole issue of technology. And you and I seem to be on different sides of the platform. We might say when it comes to that's oh, a stretch, but I Twitter. see what you're saying. Twitter, All Facebook, right. Twitter. Now, now I do Facebook, but you, I, but I don't update my status. Right. I think that's ridiculous. Right. And, and then I found out about Twitter. Yeah, which a couple hold on. Of months ago. But but you don't even you never even been to the Twitter site. You don't even know what it is. Well, I do know what it is. But it is true that I've not been to the site. But you have you ever received a Twitter update from anyone? No, because I refuse to participate in this ridiculous thing called Twitter. But why are you so against it? Here's why. I think, as I stated last night, that unless you are a mega celebrity mm-hmm. or a celebrity of worth, meaning a lot of people yeah. For whatever reason, you have actually, a significant following. They care about what you're doing. Yeah, I just think the average Joe Schmo doesn't need to tell me that he's on his way to buy a couple of hoagies for his son's <laughs> backyard birthday party later that night. Do you understand what I'm saying? This 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 obsession with oh, I'm kind of interested in that guy over there, right? And he's going to tell me what he's doing so that at any moment I know what he's up to. It's just, it's just smacks of hmm. arrogance and and just ugh. It's uh, creepy. Well, now I'll, let me say something because okay. I'm dropping some stuff out here. Yeah, you are. I'm going to get some hate mail. <laughs> you are. But understand I'm number one. Mail, but... Number one, I'm not saying that you're creepy and that you're arrogant. Right. For those who Twitter. Please understand. Because I'm sure we have a lot of people who are listening who Who Twitter. are better people than I ever will aspire to mm-hmm. be. But the fact remains, okay, that I think it's an obnoxious thing. I'm never going to participate in it. I guess but the I'm question, not going to do it. I think it's obnoxious. Well, my, I don't care that you're going on a date with your wife. Right. But my perspective on it is, is it's created other opportunities for community ah. that, that didn't exist before. Same thing with Facebook. Same well, thing with other social media outlets that... It gives people the opportunity to connect with people. I agree with you. Well, let me say this. I think it gives people the opportunity to connect in a different format. Right. But people have always had the ability to connect, whether it was around the campfire, singing tunes, out on the plains. Like I used to do. Or around the TP. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) The point is, there's always been community. There's always going to be community. I'm not anti-online communities. But Twitter, to me, goes another step. It's like, be a stalker, and it's okay. Well, I think this is another great question that we'd love to hear people's feedback on. I don't know. Got to move on. But one program. That's an interesting topic. It is interesting. So let us know what you think about that. I think Twitter should be banned. I think it's ridiculous. Mm. There you go. Wow. Wow. Now tell me this. Okay, now here's here's my rant, and I well I've already apologized to the my crazy life people who heard my rant already. Oh, okay. <clears throat> However, here's here's my situation. This is why I I don't care if I I have no problem with him feeling this way about Twitter. Sure, sure. Okay, but the way he carried on in this podcast about the way he felt about Twitter yeah. is anti what con- what Catalyst is all about. Oh, uh, okay. You see what I'm saying? Sure. I don't have any problem with people who don't like Twitter, who don't get Twitter, who have no who have no desire to get on Twitter. Right. But the question about Catalyst and what Catalyst is, is it saying leaders of the next generation of this church, what do we need to be doing so that we can remain relevant in this world? Would you, DG or not, 
agree that one way that the church needs to be relevant is to understand that we are moving into a social networking revolution that has never been seen before and where people are connecting and having community and and building and, and establishing relationships online. Right. Yes, definitely. Just completely, definitely, yes. You know that we're gonna, be, you know, we're preaching to the choir here. <laughs> exactly. So, so what? I guess what really burns my bubble about this thing is number one, he says it smacks of arrogance. Yeah. Number one, he has never once been to Twitter.com. Has never exactly. visited the site. Yeah, that reminds me of people that say I hate sushi, and I'm like, well, when have you had it? And they're like, I've never had it. And I'm like, what? Then you can't tell me you hate sushi if you've never eaten it before. Exactly. And 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 so that right there, what, I mean, as a church leader, okay, or as somebody who is speaking to future church leaders, it is not the example to give to say, I despise and hate and think something should be banned that I've never even investigated. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. to me, smacks of arrogance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's true. That's kind of an oxymoron there. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I can see it's it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. Well, um, but honestly, when I heard that, what I heard was um, someone who, who, how do I say this? There are some people that think the way we get listeners is to be controversial. And so I'm going to be as controversial as I can. And I'll play the devil's advocate. So we can get more listeners or we can get a response or we can get emails or something else like that. And that's honestly what I heard when I heard that. I heard somebody saying, I'm going to play devil's advocate and I'm going to just do it so bad and so horrible that I'm going to get in, elicit an email response and get people to be able to be mad at me. And I don't think that's good at all. I don't think that's right. I think that is in off. And and I hope that that's not the case. I hope that he's just arrogant and and shared his thoughts in that way, because if that's the case, then it's inauthentic. Right. Then it's manipulating. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm I'm not all about that at all. Yeah. And that's honestly what I heard. I heard, some guy that was just wanting to stir up a little bit of controversy, and he probably does feel that way, but he wanted to push it even more to push more buttons. Yeah, that's how. I, I, that's exactly what. All I heard I'm heard. saying though is what I what I envision is is okay. I I've been to Catalyst Conference. I've seen the 17, 18, 19, 20 year old uh, future leaders of our church. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I've seen the 22 year old youth pastors sitting next to me and and I've seen these future and and you know what they're very impressionable they want they want to soak in the wisdom and discernment and advice of the people who are the leaders of this conference now I'm not saying it's right to put these people on a pedestal right right sure but sure. what I'm saying by nature of in virtue of where they are in their position in this conference and and leading this podcast I just think it was a it wasn't carried out quite that well yeah you can't just say you know I've never visited this and if you participate in this I think it should be banned I don't think it's good the tr- and, and and what I hear is this is something that hey future leader of the church you should not be participating in this don't don't let this go on in your church can you imagine all of a sudden somebody listening to this podcast one of those youth pastors and then their kids say oh my gosh pastor so-and-so did you see this twitter.com it's like no man you don't want to do that that's only for really popular people you know we got to watch our pride and our arrogance make sure that you're not involved in that because can you you see what i'm saying I, yeah, I definitely see what you're saying, and I, I think that yeah, I do think that 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 is uh, something that they need to be 
cautious of cautious of knowledgeable of and things like that but i also know that my generation and generation younger than me can sense that a mile off Mm -hmm. and say stupid you know or you know ignorance is 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 astounding in this (laughs) in this podcast kind of a thing and they would they would slough it off yeah i really do and it's and i think you know i think it's just part of the generation that that i'm a part of is they have they just have this innate ability to be able to find out what's fake and what's real and right and um and to be able to say I can test this. I yes. can test the spirits. I can, you know, listen to God and be able to decide what I want to do with this. And exactly. a lot of people don't want to give the youth that credit. They want to say, well, they're just, they're ignorant youth. Everything's all black and white. Blah, sure. Blah, blah, blah. Well, no, I, I totally agree. And, and you know, the thing is, is um, <laughs> fun stuff on my website. But anyway, uh, there we go. You know, and I don't want to come out here sounding all arrogant and boastful. I mean, the, no, the, the thing no, is, there are going to be many times behind this microphone that I say things that are, that, that speak on topics that I'm ignorant of. Sure. You know, that I just, sure. I'm not fully versed in the wisdom and knowledge and discernment of whatever it is that we're talking about. Right. And that's probably true of everyone. And I, <laughs> I just pray that I never come off speaking as an authoritative, you know, speaking an authoritative thought on that subject. Right. And that's what I that's really what I heard is is mm-hmm. I I heard somebody who kind of spoke from a not not that he has a position of authority, but he spoke from his position in this conference right, right, to right. tens, maybe even fifty thousand or so mm-hmm. participants over the years that have gone to this, that are listening to this every month. This now this is right before the Irwin McManus interview. So it, if I mean, even if people are checking out and not listening to all of them, they're going to listen to Erwin McManus interview. Right, right. So this was right before the Erwin McManus interview. And and so a lot of people heard that. Yeah. And it's like, man, I hope I hope that because there are let there. My real concern is that there are some youth pastors. There are some young pastors. There are some adult pastors, some some, some seasoned pastors that listen to Catalyst and who are not technically savvy. Right, right, and they have never heard of Twitter prior to that. Right, and they're gonna think, oh well, Twitter might be that bad thing. I heard somebody else, de- you know, bad talking. Exactly, and so yeah. if I catch somebody in my church, all of a sudden getting all the buzz starts to rise about Twitter. Right, red flags start to flag in my mind. Sure, and sure. it's like, man, I just hate that that happened. Right, and it's it's very frustrating because it's 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 basically saying I'm mad at a technology. Instead of I'm upset with the way it's being used or something else like that. Right. And and I think that like, oh, like Professor Allen on our chat room said, do you have to jump on every social network bandwagon bandwagon, though? No. Uh, and we don't know where it's going to be going, to, where it's going to lead or whatever else. And my response was, well, you know, I, I'm the type of guy that's going to jump on and I'm going to be able to test the spirits, find out, hey, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Can this be used for the glory of God and to grow the kingdom? Right. And if, if it looks like it's leading in a different direction, why can't I be part of the change to make it lead in the other direction? Right. Why can't Christians be proactive enough to be able to say, oh, I'm not I'm not even going to jump in there. I'm going to test it from the outside. Now, you know, I understand this. I'm not talking about alcohol. I'm not talking about, you know, things like that. I'm talking about technology. Yeah. A, a, a thing that is. It's just a medium. Exactly. And how we decide we're going to use that medium as the church, as the kingdom, as Christians or whatever else is completely up to us. Right. And if we can be able to use this in any stretch of the imagination to be able to bring a deep relationship with Christ or grow the kingdom, I'm all for it. I'm right. completely all for it. Yeah. And this is right. This right here. Let me let me see if I can cue this up. Let me just play this last bit. Twitter should be banned. I think it's ridiculous. Mm. That right there. Yeah. Twitter should be banned. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, 
that makes me angry. <laughs> but you know, and honestly, it didn't make me angry at all. I just and but but some people in my generation would say, you know, the dude's been authentic. I can appreciate his opinion, even though it's completely wrong and ignorant. I hey, whatever you know, whatever. But I I I and you know what? There are opinions that I have that I just won't share because they may not be appropriate for certain places. Right. You know, and and especially you know if I'm if I am a personal representative of a larger organization whose goal is to do this, and if something I personally believe, I it's not necessarily that I would be inauthentic and just kind of blah sure. blah blah. I would just choose to be remain silent on the issue. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, you know, and or at the, least be able to say, you know, what, hey, I'm claiming ignorance on this one because I just don't know. You know, and the truth that would is, be more appreciated. And I do, I do want to say, I did unsubscribe to the podcast, but the truth is, is I had just subscribed to it again after being unsubscribed for more than a year because my podcast. So I didn't unsubscribe just because of this. Right. I, the truth is, is that it, the podcast hasn't quite done it for me for a while, <laughs> okay, and good, there's good. so many other things to listen to. And, and and one other thing I will say, and and see, this is where you know it's like, okay, so you've heard why I'm angry about this, and why I'm ranting about this, and why I'm actually casting a little judgment on this <laughs> fellow Christian. Okay, right. and and I and and I almost thought, you know, this is this is a perfect way for me to share with you how I can judge the thoughts or the the actions of another Christian, and 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 compare that to what we're going to talk about today. And and one thing I will say, however, in my judgment of this is, you've heard the reason why, and it's not necessarily I'm upset with him personally for having that opinion. It's just the 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 platform in which he used to share that. But in yeah. his defense, he prop they honestly this this catalyst podcast, even though it's reached by or uh, listened to by so many people, the truth is these guys get together. You know what? Once every other week or when, however often it gets, they go into the studio. They don't have a script. It's right, very much right. like what you and I do. Right. And I could tell you that from from this conversation, it was not planned that they were going to have that discussion. Right. Because yeah. I heard I I had I didn't play for you the entire discussion before and after Mm -hmm. but i can tell you that that was not a planned discussion it's like okay and we're going to talk about twitter okay so i don't think it was what you're talking about but but the thing is is that you know if that's the case and this is how he really feels it just came out right no what i what what i was saying what i was saying is that's the guy's mentality yeah that's the way he thinks is we get listeners by being controversial oh yeah so So every chance he thinks he can think of he puts on his hater pants and and yeah, he tries to be able to give a, a you know a two, two different I, That's I, what I'm thinking. Right, and I don't listen to that podcast. I mean, he is he's new on the podcast from when I used to listen to it. So. And the only reason I say that is because I've got a guy on the guys podcast that who does that. Who does that? Who yeah. really, honestly, sometimes sometimes thinks that way. You know, I, I, and I can see that in a in a different style podcast. Right. You know, yeah. but but not in the one. But he, at the same time, I I I think probably if he was to go back and listen to it with the filter of thinking of. What is Catalyst all about? Exactly. Yeah. I think maybe he might regret Twitter's ridiculous. I think it should be banned. Right, right, right. You know, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Good impression. You lowered your voice a little bit. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So hater pants. I love that. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. We are going to go to an extremely long voicemail. And I still have not come to under to grips on whether or not we should break it up into pieces or play the whole thing. But I think really 
for the full effect, we're going to go ahead and play the whole thing. I'm going to mute ourselves okay. so that we don't interrupt it. I'm going to take notes um, and 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 sure, then we can come back and touch on some And, and I got to tell here. you, her voice is awesome. Yeah, we love the British you know, accent. Honestly, I, I, was, I just tweeted this the two or three days ago and I was watching some show and it was all British accent stuff and I was just like, you know, honestly... I would love to live in the UK. Maybe just get a doctorate, spend two or three years there, just no live there because I really wish I was born British. There's a little part of me that was I want to go to Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we love you. Yes, we do. And so here's Tess and uh, a five-minute uh, audio clip. But trust me, it, it is it is awesome, and it is exactly what we want from uh, about the church. Hi guys, this is uh, Tess from London, England, I'm calling about the about the church podcast. Firstly, I just wanted to congratulate you on a fantastic podcast. I'm really enjoying it. I really appreciate the openness um, and the humility with which you approach it, approach the subject. Um, I think it makes a huge difference that you know that you don't know all the answers and that you're kind of finding your way uh, rather than just kind of coming across all kind of very certain and sure and you're right and everybody else just has to conform with your view, which is the kind of view that seems to come across from a lot of Christian broadcasting these days. So what I wanted to talk about was this last weekend in the UK, we had uh, um, the US uh, gay bishop, Gene Robinson, came over to London and uh, he was preaching in a West London church. And uh, you may have seen in the news that um, there was a guy stood up and uh, heckled him uh, while he was trying to give a sermon and basically called him a heretic and uh, told him to uh, repent and uh, was uh, quite verbally abusive before he got uh, manhandled out of the church and uh, sent on his way. The interesting thing was the way that uh, Bishop Robinson responded to that, which was to say, this discussion of homosexuality we're having in the church is not so significant because of what it says about homosexuality, but because of what it says about God. When someone stands up and says homosexuality is an abomination, does that make you want to get to know God? And uh, that kind of set me to thinking that actually he kind of has a point that when people express or portray God in this manner, this is not the God that I feel like I really want to know. It's uh, If you have a God who encourages his people to commit genocide or a God that encourages a man to sacrifice his son, this is not a God that I recognize as, uh, as really being in my heart when I look at the at the earth and I look at the stars and creation. This is this is not really the God that I fall in love with. Now when I look around at the um, people who I uh, really admire um, from a spiritual perspective, uh, whether from any religion, they, they all tend to have uh, one or two things in common. Those things are that they have uh, a deep love for God and they have a love for um, their neighbour and also that they're, they're just not judgmental people. People who I see you have that inner sense of, uh, of uh, inner sense of love that really shines through them. They just don't judge. They accept and they love. And these people, I feel, uh, are reflections of, of God that I want to um, try and emulate. But when you look around at most churches, they um, seem to be more focused on making sure that everyone follows the same cookie cutter pattern of you've got to be a sound Christian and we want to make sure that you believe the right things and that everyone feel, um, thinks the same way about every subject. 
And where this seems to uh, lead is uh, everyone's either judging each other or they're closing themselves down and not being open about their true feelings to avoid being judged. So I guess my question for you guys is, um, how important do you really think it is to be a sound Christian and to be a Bible-believing Christian, all the uh, minutiae of uh, the legalistic uh, rules and regulations that appear all over the Bible in both Old and New Testaments? Ultimately, when uh, Jesus was asked by the uh, young lawyer uh, what he had to do to gain eternal life, and uh, Jesus turned the question back on him and said, well, what do the scriptures say? And uh, he said, well, it says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your, with all your mind and your neighbour as yourself. And Jesus confirmed it and said, this is correct. Do this and you will live. He didn't say uh, you must believe that women must cover their heads to when they prophesy or that uh, homosexuality is an abomination or that my resurrection is necessary for the forgiveness of sins you know he didn't say any of that he said love the lord your god and love your neighbor as yourself and do that and you will live so i just wonder whether there is room in the church for people who i guess like me who are a bit heretical and a bit gnostic and a, and a bit uh, uh, mystic and really trust that kind of inner voice a little bit more than and uh, some text written by people whose real um, biases and motives we're not quite sure about and who just don't feel comfortable in the kind of uh, judgmental, um, fitting in kind of environment that most churches um, seem to be these days. Congratulations once again on an inspiring and uh, compassionate podcast and Cliff I wish you all the best with all your podcasting endeavours. I really hope that you're successful and that you're able to uh, make a living from doing this work that you really enjoy. Wow. What an awesome email. Tess, thank you, thank you, thank you. And there there was an email that preceded that which basically went into even more detail um, than, than what she shared in her voicemail, but she was kind enough to record uh, an audio recording for us to play in the show so that we wouldn't have to have our monotone voices throughout the entire <laughs> recording. So that was awesome, and we, we appreciate that. And wow, did she bring in a lot of good feedback as far as this is concerned. Right. Now, there, there are some very, very big questions in here. And I took some notes. Did you take some notes? Yeah, yeah. All right. I typed mine instead of wrote them. So that's cool. So uh, let's see. But here. I, I want to say thank you, Tess. Too. Uh, I, uh, you know, anyone who hears this hears uh, a sense of, of 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 authenticity. Yeah. I mean, you really spoke from your heart and you spoke from your soul, and either that or you're you're an excellent actor. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. But think I don't so. think so at all. Um, and uh, she could so, be an excellent actor, but I don't. True, yeah. I don't think she was using those just, skills at this exactly, point. <laughs> exactly. But I just I wanted to say thank you so much for being so real and open as well. Um, to you know to sending that that was that was it's like I felt like I got a little slice of your soul, yeah, and of your heart, and I appreciate it. I want to say thank you so much for doing that. Yep. And and we we can share with you from our heart as Christians. Uh, regardless if you conform to what we believe or not, we love you and accept you and thank you for listening and pray that you'll continue to do so and that you'll continue to provide feedback and and we love that. So basically she starts talking off t- talking about the whole idea 
of the fact that our podcast is a little bit different than what you typically typically hear in Christian broadcasting. The whole you're right and everybody has to conform to what you believe in type of Christian mentality. Right. So do you have any thoughts or, or any response to that statement? Well, just, you know, thanks. <laughs> that's that's exactly what we do not want to be. Uh, is is one that says this is what you have to believe. We want to encourage people to wrestle with the text, to wrestle with the relationship with God, and what you know what does it look like uh, in in relationships and in our hearts to love the Lord your God with everything that you are and to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, I mean, what does that look like? How does that happen? And I, you know, and I've I've said this over and over again. It happens because you're willing to really wrestle with it. Um, in your soul and in your mind and, and, and in the way you live out your lives, uh, and with your voice and your hands and your feet. I mean, I, and I just, I, I just want to say, you know, that's exactly what my desire for this is, is that it, it causes others to be, um, wrestling with it in community, mm-hmm. uh, not just by themselves, but find a community of people that are willing to wrestle with it. Even if it's one of them, you know, is just gonna, is going to be the judgmental Christian, uh, then invite them in too, you know, and so you can at least hear that one viewpoint so you can be able to bring that up and have that discussion because they're, those people are great for discussions in my mind because they do bring forth that one single never fail opinion. Yep. <laughs> um, and it brings about it brings about discussion from everybody else. They might not want to join in the, in the discussion and they might leave eventually. <laughs> um, this has been that's been true of my organic gatherings, the, the church plant that I'm doing mm-hmm. uh, whenever we had one girl that was a part of our Friday night organic gathering. And when she heard that we were trying to do one of our churches, one of our organic gatherings in Hooters, uh, she immediately left. She yeah. didn't want to be a part of it anymore. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I, I don't understand if, if, if Christ can hang out with tax collectors and prostitutes, why can't we try to bring Christ into a, 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 an establishment called Hooters right. that we're developing relationships with the servers, letting them know that they don't have to objectify their bodies to be able to make money and, uh, and to let everybody else in the entire room know that we respect these people that are serving us because we should be serving everyone as well. And we're developing church in that, you know, a place what's, I have no problems with that whatsoever. Right. And, um, but this one, this one girl did. And she just said, I'm not going to be a part of it. And even when I asked her, I said, what about, you know, stuff, it was just a, it was a blank, quiet response and saying, I cannot, I just can't do it. You know, and we respect that and say, well, we're sorry. We love you. And please come back anytime you want to. Right. But that's, I mean, that's, that's exactly what's happened to me in the past. Well, so absolutely. The one thing that it leads me down to, and of course we'll jump around a little bit, but uh, the whole, she asked, she goes, so the question I have for you, how important now did she say, I can't remember. This is where going back and pausing it would have would have been helpful but did she say how important do you feel it is uh to to be a bible believing christian to you know to or to uh be one of the christians who are very legal you know stuck to the legalistic well, rules I wanna, I wanna, and regulations I back up before we talk about okay, that so don't, don't forget about that. but i want she was talking about how the guy was yelling at the gay bishop gene yes. as a heretic and I don't know if you ever listened to that one podcast about the flaming heretic that that I kept on telling you. It's like you need to listen to this, you need to listen. But uh, but he was talking about the history of where this word heretic came from, mm-hmm. and it is not it has not ever been used. Well, now it's being used, but it's not. It was not ever really used as saying if you don't believe in the Bible, then you're a heretic. What it was used as was if you don't believe in this church and the way that this church understands the Bible, then you're a heretic. 
So basically, the first time it started being used is when the Greek Orthodox Church split from the Roman Catholic Church. They called each other heretics. Gotcha. <laughs> and then whenever Protestantism happened and then we have, there was a split from the Roman Catholic Church, they were all called heretics. And from every split between that, they called each other heretics. And so ultimately, we're, we're all heretics. We're all heretics. <laughs> if you're Christian, <laughs> someone thinks you're a heretic. <laughs> and I just, I love that history of heretic. I want to throw it out there. Awesome. <laughs> Well, we, I, I do. I think we'll probably wrap right around back to the topic of of what seems to be the subject of a lot of judgmentalism in the church. But but by all means, uh, homosexuality is 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 not the end all be all topic of of judging others. In fact, I would say in my experience in the Christian faith, it, it is actually probably more of along the minority of of topics that are typically judged in the Christian church today. Hmm. Uh, I see a lot more judgment on 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 very disputable matters consistently. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that, but I, I do want to go back to this question. You know, um, how important do you feel it is to be a Bible-believing Christian and uh, to be a part of a church or a, a, faith, a faith that has all these legalistic rules or whatever and, and these things that you must conform to? Well, first of all, I want to say that I can answer the second part of your question by saying I do not like the idea that you have to belong to a, a faith that has all these legalistic rules and regulations and things that you have to conform to. Um, you, you know, I, I believe in the local church, and I believe it was instituted by God, and I believe in the Bible. And so, and I believe the church was instituted through the Word of God, and, and that you know, that's where we understand what the church's purpose is and the teachings that ought to go on in the church. However, I will tell you that um, as of late, I've become more involved in a non-denominational style of uh, ministry uh, for myself personally and also where I associate myself to the local body of believers. Uh, Watermark is a non-denominational church. As a matter of fact, the title of our church is it's church for people who have given up on church. And I know that DG, that makes DG laugh all the time. It does, yeah. Like, give up if you're if you're tired of church, then come to church. Exactly. <laughs> That's what cracks me up about it. Yeah, I like to give him a hard time. <laughs> so, but anyway, the thing is, is that it what we what there are a lot of churches out there today that are within the there there is this there are these certain undisputable points that I believe in. Okay, and 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 I think that are are agreed upon for a majority of all faith, including um, all of Christianity, including the Catholic Church. Oh, yeah. There, there, are, there are some things about our faith that are what we call essential Christian doctrine. Now, do I believe that you that everybody must be a Bible-believing Christian? Well, I think that if, if you want to consider yourself to be one who follows Christ— then there are some things that do go along with that 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 are that are essential to that. Yeah. Okay. And and I'm not going to go into all of that right now. I don't think that this is the place to. We might do a uh, we may do a topic of essential Christian doctrine or something like that. Sure. That's what cool. do we believe? Yeah. That's you know, cool. and why do we believe it? But but and I want to I want to throw that out there. You know, the, the, she because she was that's the very last thing she kind of yep. talked about was yep. you know is there something wrong with me being um. You know, oh, what'd she say? I thought I'd type it in, but I don't. Oh, Gnostic, Mystic. Mystic, Mystic. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, Mystic, no. Gnostic, yes. No. <laughs> but uh, but no, explain explain Mystic and Gnostic. Uh, what are they? 
you know, just it, in your best terms, it just yeah, of, of what hard, you know. It's hard for me to describe it, actually, to be honest with you. All uh, right. Gnosticism is 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 um, you get a lot of it in the Gnostic Gospels, which were other Gospels that were written. Uh, that's the whole the whole Dan Brown uh, controversy that brought up. You know, who decided on the canon? Who decided on what books belong in the Bible? And that's the and then being in the world we live in today, we want to question everything, and so we're like, well, I don't trust those people. All they had they had an agenda, blah blah blah. blah. Um. And we can get in. We can get into the canonization if you want to. We'll, we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll eventually touch on but that. But one of the, like basically the Gnostic Gospels is there is this secret knowledge, and if you get this secret knowledge, then you can live out a life that is you know what Christ had had in mind and had intended. So, now, see, I've heard That's basic, basic, right? Basic. And see, I've heard people refer to Gnosticism or or being Gnostic as as being that 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 God is is pretty much removed from us. But he exists. That, but yet we can't really fully know him. So, and and again, this is not somebody who's who studied this. It's just I've heard other people who use the term when they describe themselves as Gnostic, and I ask them what that means. It, it basically it, they've expressed it as well. You know, I believe that God exists, but I don't believe that we can have a personal one-on-one relationship with him. I just I just believe he's there, and I don't believe that he is the Christian God. I don't believe he is the 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 Hindu God I just right, I think right. that there is a creator and he pretty much put us here and and as long as we believe in him so that that's that's kind of what I've heard okay. I'm not saying that that is what Gnosticism is and I'm not even sure and and this goes to show you okay how we I mean we're obviously coming from the understanding of Gnostic from two different perspectives tests may either fit into one of those two categories or a separate one and this is the same exact reason just a little side note here when people say cliff are you a christian i will not simply say yes to that question because just like for you and i we, we, when somebody says i'm a gnostic or i, I i'm I, I have a little bit of you know i have some faith that, that corresponds with gnosticism just like you and i have no clear understanding agreement of what gnosticism is right. or what a gnostic believes same thing with christianity you know somebody says christian and if you put 50 people in a line and ask them to write down a three or four sentence uh, description of what a Christian is. Chances are you're going to get at least thirty to forty different, completely different answers. Sure, sure. And so I won't. I won't just say, "Yeah, I'm a Christian." Yeah, I, I, good. I, I'm not. <laughs> I, I, you know, I am a Christian based upon what I believe a Christian is, and I'm not going to ask all Christians to conform to that. But I, you know, anyway. So that's a little side note that I just think is, and I've probably said it once before, and I'll probably say it 150 times more in the future. Right, and and. Professor Allen, you're, you're right. Gnosticism is also separation of material from spiritual and material is bad and spiritual is good. And so, um, you know, bringing in this Gnostic knowledge, this, this spiritual knowledge means that you're going to be much more in reality than you are in this, in the material world, in the, gotcha. you know, that kind of understanding. So, so, but uh, yeah, humans are divine souls trapped in material world created by an imperfect God. Yeah, kind of stuff, and you have to have this knowledge to be able to get out of that, to right. be able to have, uh, to be able to have, uh, uh, what's it say? I'm reading, I'm reading uh, Wikipedia here. And knowledge available to all through direct experience or knowledge of God. Right. So, so, so the question is, if she's asking, is it okay for somebody like me to to be, 
following some of the Christian teachings and to be Gnostic and then to have mysticism, which is is more of things of just the spiritual realm, I think, when I'm thinking mysticism, thinking, you know, um, you know anything that, that deals with the spiritual. And that could be, you know, uh, dabbling in multiple other religions, world faiths. The question is, is it okay for somebody to do that? Well, guess what? God gave us all free will. And so you have the right to exercise and choose that. And what I believe is that if you earnestly in your heart seek and desire to know God, the one thing that God says is that if you seek me and you seek me with all of your heart, then you will find me. And now, you know, of course, she didn't ask this, but maybe she didn't in the email. Is Jesus the only way? I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe that Jesus said, I am the way to the the truth and the life. And nobody comes to the Father except through me. I am a Bible-believing Christian, and therefore, therefore I'll let you put the puzzle pieces together and say, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to what who I believe is the Christian God who is the one and only true God. Right. Now, I believe that, and I am not here to say that I'm judging anybody else and making you feel inferior because you serve a different God or anything like that. I'm telling you, I believe that my God, it, it is it is the one central thing for me that I think is essential and that I won't back down on. But I'm not going to I'm not going to demand that you conform to my faith. Sure. That's sure. the one thing I'm, and, 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 and that's the thing I used to, it used to be if you were, if I never thought for a, if there was, if I thought there was never a chance that you would conform or validate that belief with me and you would, we would share that at one point down the road, I used to say, why should I establish a relationship with this person? And I realized how anti-Christian right. of myself that was. Right. And so therefore, that's something that's really massively changed. But what has changed is I am more tolerant of other people's beliefs. I'm more compassionate with people regardless of what their belief is. Sure. And one thing I I, I am not, though, is I'm not wishy-washy on what I believe. Right. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no. I, so I believe what I believe firmly, but you, with compassion and not with You can know who you are and judgment. love other people at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> you can know what you believe and know who you are as well as respect and love other people at the same time. Yeah. And there, you know, there, there is the discussion and somebody emailed it in and, and unfortunately I didn't, I wish I would have had more time to prepare for today than I did, but, uh, the, somebody talked about the fact that either Jesus was who he said he was, which was he said he was the son of God, you know, or he was crazy yeah. or or lunatic or, or he's mad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Or C.S. a liar. Lewis, it was, he was either. Yeah, C.S. Lewis said, that's basically, he just said, you know. He was either, a liar, either, a lunatic, or he was God. Right. Yeah. Either he was who he says he was. Or he was just a crazy man who said a lot of great things that didn't really mean to a hill of beans. Right. <laughs> and so, and, and, and the only struggle I have, the only struggle that I have is if you say that I'm going to follow some of the Christian teachings, which is, of course, from the Bible, that's where all of it emanates from, but yet you choose to disbelieve that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and this is a guy, and, and everything in the New Testament comes straight down from Jesus and his teachings. I mean, it is it all clearly built everything about Jesus and his ministry on earth and his teachings and what he proposed to do for the coming of the kingdom of God. 
And if it's it's difficult for me to to take the stretch and say, okay, I like this, 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 and this. These teachings make me feel good, right. but this teaching here, I'm sorry, I think you know Jesus was a human being. He was fallible. I don't think he was perfect. I think he was a great teacher, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm going to choose to accept the things that he got right, and I'm not going to choose the things that he got wrong. Right. right. I, I, For me, I can't see that as a possible logical conclusion. Right. Because if Jesus got some things wrong, then he wasn't God. Exactly. And if he's not God, then who is this guy? Right. And Because exactly. and, and, he was a guy who claimed to be God. Right, yeah. And and if he, this is a guy who claimed to be God, and a lot of his stuff is wrong or some of his stuff is wrong. Well, then he's not God. And then this stuff really carries no weight. That's how I personally feel. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I know that, um, you know, that's a long way to go around it. But, uh, you know, if, if, if you're asking me what I feel, I think, I think that that kind of in a roundabout way with the most compassion and without trying to con- ask you to conform to everything, sure. that, that's what I believe. Well, and, and- so now I want to respond. Go ahead. <laughs> but it's like, how important is it to be a sound Christian and a Bible believing Christian? And just like you said, there's a ton of luggage with that. There's a lot of baggage that's coming with those statements. But, um, but I, I think with the, what's really coming from the, from behind that, uh, you know, from behind that statement is, uh, and it really is a, a wonderful question is how can you believe in a God who says he is love and yet um, has a place called hell, <laughs> you know, that, that, that there is a place even called hell. <laughs> um, and, and, and it really kind of, I think it goes back to, listen, if, if, if God really is love, then why is he not a universalist? Why okay. can't everyone be able to come to a relationship with God through Hinduism and Buddhism and through Christianity and through, you know, Gnosticism and, you know, you name it. Why can't everyone get to God that way? Right. Because if I'm going to live out what I believe Christ is saying, I have to love everybody. And if that's the case, then God loves everybody by, you know, allowing everybody to be in relationship with him. Um, and and I, I really got to, you know, when I try to be able to sense what's really going on underneath that, that's what I hear from a lot of people. Right. A lot of people who think it's OK. You know what? I, I think it's fine to, to dabble in Buddhism and I think it's fine to dabble in Gnosticism and and things like that. But um you know, it, that's not that's not the words of Christ. Like you were saying, you know, Christ said, nobody comes to the Father except through me. And um, and he was speaking to a culture that had a ton of gods. Right. And um, and, you know, that was a huge statement and it was a purposeful statement that I believe that he made. Uh, but what I told somebody is I do believe that my God is a universalist. He wants and desires everyone to be in relationship with him. But he has given us all free will to say, no, I'm choosing not to do that. Yep. Uh, and, and the reason he is, is because he is love. That he loves you so much that he allows you to make that choice. And it's not he's not going to make you love him. Right. That's not true love. She, true love allows you to be able to say, I'm going to back out of this relationship. Exactly. It's, uh, and one of the, the things that Tess said is, this is not the kind of God that I think I want to know. Exactly. You know, and, and, and you know what? God God is not going to force you to love him. Right. And, and and so it, it's kind of like me, you know, it's, it, it, you know, let's just say I'm put into a management position in a large corporation, right? Right. And, and my job is to, is to manage everybody and to build great relationships and teamwork and stuff like that. Well, the truth is, is that it may be my desire 
to love everybody there and to give everybody a just and fair break and all these other things. But the truth is, is when it comes down to it, there are some rules and regulation that this corporation has that as a manager, I must enforce. Yeah. Okay. These are things that the company says, you know what, if if we're going to pay you a paycheck, we do want you to kind of come into work. Sure. You sure. know, and, and it's like, well, well, you're supposed to build relationships and you got to understand I needed two or three weeks off to go and, and run and do this. It's like, well, okay, that's fine. I understand. But I tell you what, you're not getting your paycheck this week. Right. Exactly. You know, it, it, and, and you know, this can bring we can bring up the, the discussion now of 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 technology and Christianity as opposed to Buddhism. So okay. are there things in Buddhism that might actually allow us to become closer to Christ through maybe meditation techniques mm-hmm. or something else like that? I'm fine with that as long as Christ is the center and the focus and, and, and you know, creator covenant God. And Holy Spirit and Christ are the focus and the center of who you are worshiping. Why not be able to use techniques of meditation or things like that? I mean, you see that in uh, all kinds of of, of writers and, and authors and stuff like that. But when it really starts getting into the issue as a salvation issue of I can be able to reach ultimate enlightenment by myself through you know through this knowledge or Gnosticism by myself through this knowledge I can have this ultimate consciousness of God myself right um, th- you know then then you really are talking about a different understanding of of faith I mean you're you're not talking about Christianity anymore um, and you're talking about something else and so that's why it's so important that you are in community so other everyone's being able to test the spirits and be able to say wait a second did we just go too far. Yeah. You no, know, have we have we now gone into completely L. Ron Hubbard, you know, um, Scientology or something else like that? And and that's and I and so a lot of Christians, their response is just don't even dabble in it. Right. Don't even don't even go there because you might be tempted to 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 leave. Let me give you a perfect example of this. I I've been recently doing a lot of listening to the pray dash as dash you dash go dot org. <laughs> I hate that domain, but anyway, um, and, and, and it's put out by the Jesuits. Now, I knew nothing of the Jesuits, okay, but from what I understand is is a, a friend of mine sent me some information about them, I read up on it, and, and, and it is this, I guess, a sect of the, of the Catholic Church, and ones who are very much, they have their approach, you know? Uh, as but anyway, what I I've been listening to their daily readings and and they put music to it and stuff like that. And on the site they had this thing called a breathing exercise, and it's a little bit of a of a more of a it's kind of like borrowed from what I would assume to be more of a, a meditating kind of thing. But uh, I really love this exercise. It really did help me get in a better place where I was able to better focus my mind and my heart and my soul on what God wanted to speak to me that day. And and it's this thing that just says, you know, listen, we're going to we're going to just listen, we're going to focus on your breathing. And it's kind of like just just you know, recognize the 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 air as it passes through the tip of your nose and right. and and just feel yourself breathing. Don't don't hold your breath, don't 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 go don't don't try to breathe faster, don't try to breathe you know, slower, just breathe naturally and just realize that you're breathing. Feel the air, feel your lungs and, and that kind of thing. And it really did help me to just like, wow. And, and as I was thinking about it, and, and of course it says, you know, and and you can tell they were saying things as to keep it focused on, uh, you know, on a non, 
you know, uh, Eastern mysticism kind of, uh, right. Uh, meditative experience. But they, but what I recognize is like, wow, what a gift God has given me through air. Yeah. And can I share something with you? And I think it all ties back in. Go for it. All right. So is it okay for somebody who is looking into Christianity? They're looking into these teachings. And they say, wow, I really see that. That is that is that's great. That's huge. I I I can I can totally dig that. And they're looking in some other areas, but then they look into some of the other religions and say, whoa, then it's not for me. And they look into Christianity and some of that's, whoa, not for me. Well, t- first of all, some of those things that you see in Christianity aren't necessarily biblical things. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, so so just because you see something in Christianity doesn't mean that the Christian faith might, quote unquote, be something you you want or don't want. Um, sometimes we don't understand God. Uh, and and there are certainly things that I I have not understood in the past about God, and and some of those things you just have to accept by faith and understand is God ultimately the loving God that you desire to be? Is He your long lost father? Is is what it comes down to? But but here's the thing: is it okay to be where you are, Tess? I say absolutely, it's okay to be where you are. Of course, and I think it's a great place for you to be: real, authentic, honestly seeking after what you were created to be right and who you were being who you were created to be in relationship with and what your purpose in life is why are you here and and don't look to dg and myself to answer that question for you but and i love this i love this um my friend richard from the uk sent me this story uh, and and it's a supposed story of a, a young man who came to socrates and asked and went to socrates and said socrates please help me i i want share with me knowledge i i want knowledge and so socrates took this young man down to the sea and once they got waist deep in the water dg he held he stuck his head under the water held it for 30 seconds then brought the man out of the water and he says now what do you want he says knowledge socrates i want knowledge so he holds him down again for another 30 (laughs) seconds he comes up again and he says he says now what do you want he goes oh Wisdom, Socrates, wisdom. I want wisdom. <laughs> he pushed him down again and this time held him down there for even longer. And then he came up and he says, what do you want? And he says, Not, knowledge. I, I went and, they, and he couldn't even get it out and he dunked him down again. <laughs> and he held him down even longer this time. And then finally the guy comes up. He goes, what do you want? He goes, air. He goes, air. I want air. He goes, when you want knowledge, as much as you want air, you will find knowledge. <laughs> and and so I love that. You know, the question is, is sometimes we say that we're on a search for God, but sometimes, and, and I'm not suggesting this for Tess, I'm suggesting this for myself. Sure. Sometimes we're not really on a knowledge to find God, we're on a knowledge to feel good about ourselves. Oh, sure, sure. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and so what I'm saying is what God has been recently speaking to me is he says, listen, if you are looking for me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart and all your soul. If you seek me with all of who you are, you will find me, the one true God. Mm. And and so is it okay for you to be where you are, Tess? Absolutely. Of course. Seek yeah. him with all you have. Yeah, I tell people all the time that Christianity is one of the few religions that says bring on the questions. Yes. Because the more you seek the more truth you will find. Absolutely. And, uh, and 
and ho- hopefully ultimately found the ultimate truth. And I believe there is ultimate truth, but I do but, believe uh, that as well. But you know, I, and that's the reason I really love Christianity too, is, is, is it, you know, Christ is up for people asking questions. He's cool with that. He desires for that to happen. And God does too. You know, I really, I think that it, it is in that search and it is in that wrestle, that authenticity and, you know, through that perseverance that it really can be found. I really, really believe that. And that's why, I, that's why I've, I say all the time, I, I desire for you to wrestle with it. If you claim to be an agnostic, then let's talk. Let's have a relationship. Let's live life together because, you know, I desire. No, see, you said agnostic. What is an agnostic? Oh, well, I, you know, I, what is it? I'm trying to think. Just that there might be a God, but he's not really active okay, in, in the ahead. life and everything else like that. Um, but just, you know, just you can do, you can believe whatever you want to believe, but let's do it in community. Let's live life together. Let's go along beside one another. Um, we didn't even get to homosexuality, man. I was well, like, yeah. it's all kinds of awesome. I know. Uh, well, you know what? It'll give me the opportunity because I, I wanted to look up some verses and stuff like that. Okay, that's cool. And, and just just share some things because a lot of people pull out when they when they say um, homosexuality is an abomination, they also leave out the four or five other things that we all struggle with <laughs> yeah. that were thrown right into that, that list. Gossip, slander, yeah. exactly. And and, and but we, we won't go. We'll go that. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> next we'll week talk about that like next that, week. But, but um, you know, why can't Christians be able to sit down with a homosexual individual and live life together? Not you know, just just to deal with with issues in life and politics or whatever else, and and see you know how does my Christianity relate and affect prostitutes and tax collectors and right. you know anyone else that's shunned in the in in the overall society um, and things like that. So I just racism you know you name it you know why aren't we not willing to be able to go eat breakfast and lunch with these people instead we're willing to to, to, to throw rocks at them and to be judgmental right instead of basically saying well let, let me get to know you because right. maybe there's something in you uh that that is lovable <laughs> and i guarantee there is but and that we can you know deal with that together and, and live life together i think that's that's what i see christ doing right is it's not complete judgmentalism, although um, you know, and when this is the, this is the flip side. Like you said, you quoted the Shema: "Love the Lord your God with every ounce of who you are." Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm paraphrasing his, and then love your neighbor as yourself. I do believe that loving God with every ounce of who you are is following is following His word, it, it, is it, following His His instructions, and, this and following is, Jesus' the says, inspired word of God. He said, "This is how people will know that you love me, that you obey me." Right, right. That you obey my command. Right. You'll love each other and you'll, you know, and so, and so I think that part of loving God is following those words is, you know, is believing that Christ is the only way to the father, you know? And so, and, but that's not, it's not judgmental. It's not judgmentalism. Right. I really, I, I, you know, God has opened up this salvation, uh, even, even, and I think even more so it opened up this relationship with God that can happen now. Right. Heaven part is just the icing on the cake. You actually get to live in a life with Christ right now. He's opened that up to everyone and, and he's not judging anyone um, who's saying, I don't want to be a part of it. Right. So this is going to be judgmental part. Oh, yeah, one. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Judgmental part. Oh, one, <laughs> because we're definitely going to continue on the, on next week. We're going to uh, answer some additional questions people have. Is it okay to judge some people? Uh, is it not okay to judge other people? Should people not be confronted if they're saying things that are not quite right? I mean, there's there's a lot of questions that go into being judgmental, and I think that we've only just barely begun to scratch the surface here. 
Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And uh, we certainly thank you guys. We want to encourage you to continue to leave your feedback at feedback at gspn.tv. Or more importantly, we would love it if you would leave us an audio feedback at area code 859-795-4067. We're starting to get a little backlog of those, but trust me, once we get through some of this, uh, we'll be desperately playing yeah, these we'll, calls we'll for be content. Banging for it again. <laughs> so uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you all. Thank you.